0: G'day guys and girls, welcome to the SC Playbook Question and Answer Podcast. Tim Williams on deck to take questions from subscribers. Obviously going out across the SC Playbook Podcast channels on Apple and Spotify, so free for everyone to listen to. Uh, Very exciting week, the bye week. I I love it because while there is only the five games, from a Supercoach perspective, we get, you've got players in like every single game just about and like normally masses of players in each game. So, it's exciting. Players like Jared Croker, Josh Schuster, that you wouldn't normally have played in your 17s or in your squads uh, play for you and you don't sort of have the highest expectations in the world. You know, you hope they get 50-plus, but it's sort of anything decent that these uh, not-super-coach guns as such can do for you, you take. Uh, guys, let's get stuck straight into it today. And we'll start with a question from, from Mark. He says, Cody, KP, or Moses? Uh, Look, there'll be more questions around those three later, so I'll get into more depth around them, but of the three, I am leaning towards, well, not leaning towards, it'll be Cody Walker for me. Uh, Let's talk about Cody firstly. I just think South Sydney's upcoming draw. You know, in Supercoach, you want players in your team that can hurt you if you don't own them. Now, I look at The Rabbitohs' upcoming draw. Now, they've got the Raiders this week who are semi-near full strength, so a tough enough matchup this week. But then from there, they have the Titans, the Dragons, the Bye in round 16, followed by the Cowboys, Warriors, and Bulldogs. To not own someone like Cody during this period, I think, would just be quite scary. So, uh, of the three, I like Cody. He started the season with a three-round average of, like, 35 points. Since then... He hasn't scored under 63, uh, and in that he's had three tons. So Cody Walker of those three for me, all good enough options, but Cody certainly stands out uh, as far as I'm concerned on that one. Moving on to the next question from Bailey Tobin. Bring in Cody for Hines, Moali for Tohu. Need to bring in Cook for either Grant or Marnie. Who do I sell? (laughs) Look, the more I more and more I look at the hooking position and I look at Harry Grant, I think it's a not a barren wasteland of of sort of you know, of lacking supercoach class as it stands. I know Harry's only averaging sixty nine. I do still think he he's the premium hooker in supercoach. I also think that Around the origin period, he's obviously a chance of arrest coming off the back of uh, the origin games. That being said, like the Storm don't really have backup hookers, they he's only going to play. I think the last three origins last year, he only played around about the 43 minute mark, so it's not like he's playing 80 minutes like he does at club. The Storm have the maximum turnaround from origin one being the Sunday. You know They're not flying, so they will want him to back up if he pulls up all right from Origin. And as far as the Melbourne Storm Origin plays, which I've touched on on podcast during the week and I've late, but Melbourne's Origin plays have a great draw in that they have the bye this week, which he wouldn't have been playing regardless because of Origin. Round 19, the third major bye week, Storm are on the bye. Harry will be on Origin. So if he does back up from games, he'd only miss round 13, 16, and 19. Now, I'm not saying he's not uh, a trade because I think... The way he's going, there's still a bit of value in him at six fifty-five k. He's a reasonable trade-out option, but I I'm looking at holding him and partnering him with Damian Cook, and I just think that is a really good one-two punch. I think you will still probably want him back post Origin, and it'll save a trade in doing so there. So, yeah, I'll be holding Harry Grant. Um, in which case, I think Reed Marnie is probably the sell. Marnie, there's not a lot of value to him anymore, is there? So, like, at, what is he, 527k, he plays around 16 and 19. The Doggies have such good buy period draw. Look, prior to last week, he was just battered and bruised. He was getting whacked in that game. The poor bugger, had a HIA at one point where he left the field for 10 minutes, I believe it was. So... Yeah, look, I, I do think Marnie is probably a sell. And of them, too, I think Marnie's a sell. But if you are to hold him for that further buy coverage, said there's not a lot of players knocking the door down uh, at Hooker this season, or as it stands, I should say. Next question from Anthony Ross. Is Teague Wilton a sell? Misses two of the next five. Couple of tough games, high break even. 652k, break even 115. Coming off scores of 38 and 47 he actually based quite well in those games of 44 and 53. So the, the numbers are okay. The Sharks, after this buy have a really good draw. Uh, playing around 16 and around 19. The next two major buy-ins, they have the buy-in around 17, which is, you know, you can afford to to have Sharkies players and miss them for that week because they'll be the only side on the buy. I think that Teague probably is a sell, cash him in at that big price. However, like, I would be looking at round 16. It's a pretty easy buy round. Of the three, it's certainly the easiest in terms of getting 13 players on deck. If you think you'll need him for that, have a look at how many after your trades. Let's say you trade him this week. Do that, plug it in, and see how many available you have there for round 16. If your numbers look pretty good, which I would anticipate they probably do, I think you can probably cash in on T. Wilton. If you look at him and he's after that and look at round 16 and think, oh, I probably will need him as a number. In that case, cop the price loss and use him as a number for round 16 and 19. That's where where I'd be sitting on that one. Question from Brett Clark. Is skipping Torhu Harris a smart pod move given his injury history if you already have Jack DeBellin? Yeah, there's no harm on skipping Torhu. I've said throughout the week that I think Torhu's a great buy. Dual front row, second row. Like, where he differs... Uh, I've sort of said in the past that I don't love him as a buyer because he's only been available at 2RF. And he's going up against back rowers like Cam Murray. I know he's been no good this year, super wise but he will come good post-origin. But Cam Murray, you know, Ryan Madison went fit, Dave Fafida, all these really high-ceiling back rowers. But the fact that Torhu's front row forward this season, uh, it changes everything. So dual front row, 2RF, 602K, great buyer schedule for the Warriors, in his five games this season without injury impact, he's basing sixty nine point two per game, which is so elite. And then I've I've you know, I'm repeating myself, but he has his ball playing this season I think he has been fantastic. And that combination he struck up, particularly with Adam Fanel Blake, that late passing at the line, he'll jade the odd attacking try, assist or, or maybe even we won't get the hopes up too much of a try, but with his ball play, I think Triassis will come occasionally. You know, maybe even one every three games to do the job. So to circle back, mate, I think he's a good buy, but he's far from a must. You mentioned his injury history there; can cop a little niggling injury at times, old Tohu. So if you if your front row is already set well, then um, yeah, he's certainly not a must have this week. Question from Matt O. Thoughts on holding both Nico and Cleary. I can upgrade Isaiah, Catal to Cody, but we'll only have 11 for this week. Or can sell Nico, holding ICAT and have 12. Selling Nico will fund Moali to Torhu. I prefer the long-term play of holding four gun halves. I uh, upgrading front row forward. There's, it's, it's each to their own with holding Nico and Cleary. The way I see it with Nico is that he misses three of the next five games for the Sharkies, which is a lot. And look, if those two games were against soft opposition that he played in round 14 and 15, where we know he can go his 150 plus, I would probably I'd hold him for the next three weeks. And then I'd even potentially sell him season 17. But they're against Brisbane and Melbourne. He's got a break-even of 95, which by his standards is very achievable. But there's a 71 in his rolling average. So there could be at 863K on your bench for three of the next five weeks. That is a lot. There's also a chance, what if he cops a niggling origin and doesn't back up? I think he does, don't get me wrong, but must be considered. Broncos at Shark Park and then Storm at Amy Park in Melbourne. Just two tough games where I'm willing to take the chance and, you know, I won't be watching it pleasurably. It'll be a nervous watch, but in those games that he doesn't go, he's 150 plus. He's a gun. He could go 130. He might go 140, I know, but... I think to hurt people who sell in those that round fourteen and fifteen, he has to go one thirty, one forty plus. Even then it'd be like ouch, but mate, still missing three or five games. So if you can get Cody Walker in for for that, who has that beautiful draw, I obviously plays this week as a crucial number. I like that as a play. Um that being said, it's Nico Hines. So we're all going to want him back by round like Misses 13, 16, 17. We'll play 18 against the Dragons. He put 180 on them last time, but then he missed 19. So oh, it's not a lot of action. So look, I, I do think he's a sell. If you want to save trades over, you know, long-term, as you said, maybe hold him. Head-to-head players who are just like, you know what, I'll cop losses in three major bye weeks. Uh, maybe they can hold him in Cleary. But, you know, the more, the more I look into it, the more I think you know, Nico Hines is a sell. Question from Bloomer. Thoughts on Cody Nicarima as a downgrade option for Wade Egan? Brackets calf injury. It allows me to go homes to Cody Walker. Yeah, don't mind it. Just don't expect the world with Cody Nicarima. He's 482k, negative 24 break even. Look, it's not one that I, I like love as such, um, in that he's got some low scores in him, but he's also playing some terrific footy. He moves to fullback now. What that will do for his supercoach scoring... I don't know, to be honest. I know he played a bit at fullback for the Bunnies, and it wasn't great in terms of super terms from memory. But he'll be back to the halves next week, one would assume. Playing great footy, has a good matchup against the Dragons. Yeah, look, it's a short-term cash grab, and I think the big factor there is if it allows you to go Val to to Cody Walker, then sure, if there's no better cash grabs, then... You know that could be fine. Just as I said, he could come out and score 20 this week and don't be too let down by it because it could happen. Question from Miss Jane, playing head-to-head and would have no matchup this week. Would you sell a couple of players with huge break to e.g. Gutho Miller this week to save the cash or hold tight? So good on the SFA podcast this week having Maxie Bryden on one of the great human beings, very intelligent footy mind, very intelligent cricket mind and just an all-round smart fella, Maxie. And what was exciting was because he's a head-to-head focus player and we were able to do head-to-head buy planning. So if you're sitting here listening to this and you haven't listened to the SC Playbook podcast, even if you don't want to sit through an hour of our dribble, there's a section there of about five, ten minutes where Maxie goes through the head-to-head buy planning and how, the strategic side to it and how it differs differs to overall. So for example, this week, and Miss Jane, that it's very relevant to your situation, and you ask about Gutho Miller. Gutho, who has the big break even, likely going to drop some cash. Like, not in a million years would you sell him as an overall player because he plays round 13. But Max is selling Gutho because he's about to plummet cash. I don't think he has a head-to-head game this week. And, yeah, he just doesn't really need him. So, And then he misses round 14 as well, as does Lockie Miller. So I get your question in terms of if they're going to drop cash. You know what? Because they have the buy next week, and they're dropping cash, I probably would sell them at least Miller, at least one of them, I should say, and probably prioritize Miller. And then if you're selling them for players who are obviously, make sure they're playing round six, uh, sorry, 14, which will be a head-to-head fixture for you, You know, maybe you can hold trades next week if you are pulling the trigger on one or two this week. I think that, that might be the, the play. Guys, I sat down for a brief little chat with Gareth Wyatt from Sequel, really good fella, uh, and I, I'd recommend that if you if you like a punt on your footy, that you you take the the couple of minutes to have a quick listen to this, because he's got some really good insights, and uh, I think it'll hit home for a couple of people. Guys, a very warm welcome to Gareth Wyatt from Sequel. Gareth, mate, welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast or the weekly rap podcast with Walsh Carlos for last month or so, you would have heard me chatting about Gareth and his team at Seacal to help people out there struggling a little bit with their punting. Uh, first and foremost, foremost, I should say, Gareth, mate, you, you got in touch with us because you're a mad Supercoach fan. How's the side tracking so far this season? It's tracking okay. We started all we right. right.
1: Um, I'm sitting at 7,491, so I'm... S- I'm in the top ten thousand. I'll probably have thirteen plays this week. I'm, I'm going okay.
0: Now, mate, I, I was really keen to get you on the show this week because it's one thing for me to sit here and say that. Uh, try and get across to people that it's okay to reach out if you're having a bit of a, a few problems with your punting, mate. This is what you yourself and your team specialize in. So, tell us a little bit about what Sequel is all about.
1: Well, the program that we're looking at is we're really trying to help people um, that want to address, I suppose, their gambling. Um, it's a really hard target market, Tim, because for people that do recognize that they might have a bit of a gambling issue, to get people to actually take that brave step to actually speak up is is hard. It's challenging. So what we're trying to do is just help people to take that step. And I my role is to try to help navigate the process of you know next steps to try to, Give them that help to try to address their gambling um, in their life and to try to reduce it, if not eliminate it, and and it can be done.
0: It really is just that stigma of people sitting there listening and going, you know, this is me, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you've said that everyone that reached out and everyone in your experience, they get there and they go, this process is so easy. It's such a lovely team. Mate, I know you. You're a lovely bloke. And they go, why didn't I do this earlier and take that step?
1: Yeah, it's look. the people that have reached out or emailed me or, or contacted me. I think first and foremost, I'm a football fan. So to talk, you know, who do you follow? How does your super coach go? To get that rapport with someone is fantastic. And then once you actually start talking about it, about why they've, you know, reached out to me, everyone that I've spoken to so far a few weeks, you know, down the track have said that they're glad they've done it. There's no mm. one that's turned around and said that they wish they hadn't have. And people have said that they were surprised how easy it's been. So I've just got full of admiration that people that actually do make that step to actually reach out. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So there's certainly help at hand.
0: Mate, if people do want to get in touch, they're sitting here listening going, you know what, that's me who says probably in that boat, but I don't want to take the step. How do they do it and how do they get in contact with you?
1: Well, I've taken your advice, Tim, and I've opened up a, an Instagram account. So <laughs> if
0: you look it up, CCAL uh, Gambling.
1: So CCAL Gambling on Instagram, you can add me, you can direct message me and get in touch. Um, or you can email me direct at work, which is Gareth, G A R E T H dot W at CCAL, C E C A L dot org dot A U. And I'll be sure to reply direct mm. to you. I look forward to hearing. Gareth,
0: thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Thanks, Tim. Real pleasure. Cheers. Thanks to Gareth for that chat. If you're sitting there and you felt a little bit uneasy listening to it because you knew that it probably hit home a little bit more than you'd have liked uh, and it did relate to you, honestly, reach out. Take the step and it's not something you regret. Guys, moving on to a question from Anthony Raganese. Thoughts on Asako as a trade-in, like upside on Asako. I think I just have a bias against him based on previous seasons that I can't shake. Here, here, Anthony. He's <laughs> tied to too, mate. I've owned him in the past, and he's been a, a supercoach bludger. He's always promised so much, but every time he shows signs of life, he disappoints. I think you got to call it as you see it this season, and he's strung together at an 11-game sample size where he's averaging 76 points. He has great buy coverage. He's basing a solid 27 per game, plus his goal-kicking. You know, a good matchup against the Dragons this week. Maxie on the Playbook Potty during the week had a, a really great comparison to Ruben Garrick and the goal-kicking wingers with similar base. And in all key categories, he was actually edging Ruben Garrick, who is the elite or one of the elite CT dubs of NRL super coach. So, look, yeah, I think we've got to get to the point where we put our bias aside from Asako from and just go, you know what? He's a terrific boy because he is killing it. And you know what's best? Even when the Dolphins don't turn up, he's... Tends to score, not, maybe not better, but he still delivers. The Dragons game, I can't get it out of my head. When the Dragons belted him down at Wynn Stadium, he's still turned up. So, yeah, can't knock the psycho by. Question from Liam. Already used two trades this week. Is it worth bringing nikorima for I Katoa? So, yeah, assuming it is, yeah, Isaiah Katoa. No, mate, I wouldn't be doing that. I know that Katoa scored poorly last week, but they're obviously both playing for the Dolphins. They're both playing round 13. So, look, there's every chance Katoa can outscore Nick Reimer this week. I wouldn't bet on it, but he could. And I just think, I know there's cash in Nick Reimer, but I wouldn't be burning another trade on that one. I think it's a little bit of a waste. Sure, there's a bit of cash gen, but I think there are more important trades to make slash uh, saving the trade. Uh, side note, I, I mentioned at the start of last week's podcast, but uh, one of the real values in being able to do this podcast and bring it out this season, which I've really enjoyed over Thursday, has been to... Able to bring updated information to the table, particularly around trades and, and different things that happen in the NRL. So, obviously, last week, Helam Lukey, I was pretty keen on as a buy on Tuesday night. Thursday morning, Lichon and got cleared, was able to jump on this podcast and say, no, put a line through healam Lukey uh, due to the minutes impact there. So, oh mate, I mean, in Lukey's defence, he scored like 19 points or something, but they got absolutely belted the cows. So, it's... <laughs> He didn't have a good game by any means. No one did, but, look, no one was scoring well in that. And then name named Scott Drinkwater, who somehow had three try assists. Um, but Luciano came back and played 60 minutes. And you saw uh, the goals jakajewski play 30 minutes less. You saw Elam Lukey play lesser minutes. And just to be in that rotation, it, it impacted him. So it was great to be able to do this to update trades and things that happen in the space of a couple of days since they were recording on a Tuesday night because plenty does change. Question from Sam. Hey, mate, think of trading Turbo, am I crazy? He looks so good last week, plays one game in the next four and only plays, and only a few others over the origin pair would would probably bring in a Sarko thought. You know what? Like, I, I think just looking at it on face value, I, I think he's a sell. It. It's so hard. And coming off that 165, being priced at 666k, so, look, he went up nearly 100k last week, and there's more money to come, obviously. But, as you said, he, he misses this week. He misses round 14 on the Manly buy. He'll play round 15 against the Dolphins. Round 16, he'll miss to Origin. Round 17 and 18, if he backs up, against Melbourne at Amy Park and then the Roosters at uh, in Manly, then he'll miss round 19. So there's every chance post-origin two and three that he doesn't back up as well just because of his body. Um, there's still the injury risk, and it's such an awkward position to be in, and I'm so annoyed for those who did hold Tommy Chaboyevich. Well, look, he got you 165, which was enormous for you. So not super annoyed, but as hard as it is, I, th- I think the call is to, uh, to get rid of him, and if he was still at around that... I know this doesn't make sense, but if he went nuts and was still around the 550 k mark, you'd be like, all oh, right, there's not a lot of value there. But he did go up his 100 There is a bit of cash that you can you can cash in on. So I think Tommy Travert points is probably a sell. Todd Greasley, Isako or AJ this week? Both have very good draws over the buy period. Is Isako worth the extra 100 I would go Alex Johnston. I you know what, I'm pretty happy to say Alex Johnson, and it's for that reason that you mentioned, he's 100k cheaper, it's a lot of money for a bloke, he just punched out an 83, so Heaven's 55, but when the 40 drops out of his rolling average uh, from two weeks ago, will hopefully make a bit of coin there, uh, again, it's, you know, look, we've invested in players before for good runs, and I feel like it's often been the bunnies, and it doesn't always pay off, but... The Bunnies run coming up. AJ's going to be on the end of everything there. So I think AJ is the buy. He's got plenty of runs on the board, super coach wise Sure, his base isn't as good as the Sarko's. There's no goal-kicking. But I, think, I still think Alex Johnson is a really good buy. Look, it is clear that the Bunnies this season are dispersing their attack as much to the right as they are the left, whereas he's been so good in previous years because they've been so left-edge dominant. I still think the left is good enough. Put it this way, I don't think the left is any worse than previous years. It's just that the right has become so elite. And a big part of that has been, I suppose, the confidence around and Ilias growing and well, Cody Walker's playing both edges. Obviously, he's left-edge dominant. Uh, but Campbell Graham, he's just such a strike weapon for them. So they're going right a lot with plenty of success. So, look, we might not be able to expect the, the big tons and four tries and, you know, 70-odd point average of, of previous years, but I still think he's a great buy. He may, might even be a buy now through the origin period, and then when the draw gets a little bit tougher, although even the draw post-buy period it's not that bad. So he's probably, you know, a plug-and-play based on matchup after the buy period. So, yeah, I think AJ's the man. All righty, let's get, get through some more rapid-fire questions. Question from Braden. Can you please rank the following as cells this week? Hosking, Teddy, and Manu. Any news on Ellie Katoa injury? I haven't seen anything on Ellie Katoa firstly. So nothing there, sorry. Uh, Hosking, Teddy and Manu. I would sell... I'm holding all three for the record, but I would definitely hold Manu. I would hold Hosking, who I think plays big minutes and is just a base stat base with more attacking coming. Uh, So I would sell Teddy first, then Hosking, then Manu. Question from Dane Pimble. Does the AE, the auto work as per normal this week, i.e. I will have 15 players... I will have 15 player... I will have 15 players available, but based on the fact my two fullbacks and halfbacks are out, my 15th man is actually not one of my four reserves. So if Granville, by some divine miracle, scores in my top 13, will he score count as an AE? Pfft. <sighs> Mate, like there's some tricky stuff around, around the this st- how it's going to work this week with AES and whatnot. I saw a question. Oh, let me answer yours first. Sorry, fifteenth um, man is not actually not one of my four reserves. Mate, I would imagine that if you've got that many active players, it'll take from you. No, nah, I think it'll take from your top thirteen. Within your selected 17-man squad. So if you had an auto emergency outside of that 17, I can't imagine that. Say Granville is that person. I I can't imagine he'd come in as your top 13 scoring player if he's outside your 17. Where's this one, Tessie Desi, Desi Creek? I think I had it posed to him, and I screenshotted it just because I was so bamboozled and you know make sense of it, but. Yeah, so Guru described this this week a little bit as trying to work it out in in certain real, probably minuscule chance scenarios as giving Panadol a headache and, like, get this one around you From Desi, question I heard today. If you have more than 13 and captain someone who gets knocked out in the first five minutes and scores the lowest of your players, when they are removed, do you get a double on your VC? I have no idea, but uh, good luck working that one out. Question from Abir. Is Munster to Cody Walker a good trade over the origin period? I think so. I think there's enough uh, cash there around Munster that it's he, worth cashing in for the period. As per speaking around Harry Grant, I can see merit in holding Cameron Munster. However... When you bring Cody Walken, who's flying as well, and has that good draw, uh, I think it's a decent trade, but said, yes, there's a world where you can hold Cam Much if you want. Question from James. Any love for Scott Drinkwater? Really good draw through the buyers and potentially goal-kicking. Yeah, well, I mean, they seem to chop and change the goal-kicking a little bit when, when Val Holmes is out. It can sometimes be Scotty Drinkwater... Chad Townsend takes it up sometimes. I feel like they've mixed it up at different stages. I cannot recommend anyone like a back like Scotty Drinkwater, who has a one to his name in round two, after that loss to the Tigers last week. However, I understand it. Put it this way. Cow's been terrible this season. Lots of injuries on top of it. <clears throat> and he's still averaging 61. That's with a one in his score. So, yeah, like with a decent enough draw, in saying that, he plays Parramatta this week. Who are missing a few, obviously, but not a heap. Like their, their spine is in, completely intact. Then they play Melbourne next week. Then they have the bye. So then round sixteen, they play Penrith without their players, without their stars. Look, pod move, pod move. Not the one that I would recommend, but I definitely understand that the, the, the Meriting going for it. Question from Chris Tapani v Tohu, Who's the man to bring in this week and likely keep the rest of the season? That's a great question because Torhu has the higher injury concern. He's performing better than Tappany though. I do think Tapany is building into greater minutes. Oh, if I had to pick one Look, on current numbers, mate, you probably have to go with Torhu Harris. He, he's scoring better than him. And, so, yeah, take the Raiders' bias aside. And I suppose take the, the back half of last year where Tapping at nuts, putting that aside if we can. Torhu's probably probably the better play. Question from Kirk Teddy or Preston to Torhu to give me 13? Already bringing in Cody Cook via Grant. So, Teddy or Preston, I think I would sell Teddy first. Preston is rock solid. Great work rate, some attacking upside, the Doggies will be getting some troops back, which I think can only help him and everyone in that side. He plays round 16 and round 19, so great buy coverage. So As an overall player, I think Preston's certainly man there. Also, what's your plan to bring back Nico Hines? Mate, I'm going to reassess what his price is. I'm hoping he gets some price drops in, but... Uh, it'll be freeing some cash up for around 20 return to my side would be the, the rough long-term plan, but we don't know what he's going to be priced at. We don't, like, put it this way, if he, if we lose game one and he plays no good or something off the bench or he, he doesn't offer the utility value that maybe Freddie's hoping for around running one hooker, I, I'm not sure. And if it was to become available for around 16, I'd be buying him immediately. As always, we'll be staying fluid with the trades there. Question from Lachlan. Better combo to run with that fullback through Origin, Asako and Turbo or Ponga and Walsh? Uh, There's a lot of buys in and around that. I would probably be going with Ponga and Walsh. I mean, Walsh can cover Ponga next week. Asako would cover Turbo next week on the buy. I, I would probably lean towards Ponga. I think Ponga goes nuts this week. I think with the round 14 by the chance of an origin call-up for game two, the concussion risk, I won't be buying in. But this week alone, against a depleted manly side, Newcastle relatively well full strength in Newcastle. I think the Knights do a job, and, and KP reminds, uh, reminds the Queensland coaching staff of what they're missing out on. Question from Steamed Ham. Great name. Brought in Howarth out of necessity a few weeks back. Worth culling enough after you already have them, or just hold for his dual position? Uh, either or, mate, I, I think it's still early enough to, to not be worrying about enough. So I, I get your question is, you know, you've already got one there. But, like, pending Jules and what you can do around the front row, Where the, I don't know if you've got him at CTW or 2RF, but if you've got the 2RF sort of front row Jules there, if you could flip him to to Finu, Samuel Samuela Finu, I, I think that's a pretty good trade in the sense that, yeah, you, you get an active player for this week, someone who will make your coin. Yeah, but look is he's, he's not going to do any damage there. So if you need to hold on to him, not the end of the world. Guys, let's get stuck into my trades for the week. Now, I am so far, I think I think this will be it. I'm going Sonny Luke out. I, look, he might play bigger minutes over the origin period with Mitch Kenny, believed to be playing, uh, spending a bit more time at lock with, you know, trying to give Isaiah Yo, uh, sorry, Liam Martin, a couple of others, etc., a bit more of a break, a bit of a spell through the origin period, but... Look, if Sonny Luke comes out and starts playing 70 minutes, I'll buy him back later. But as far as I'm concerned, he's just... Put it this way. If I held Sonny Luke and Harry Grant, if Grant doesn't back up from Origin or anything like that, do you know, I have to play Sonny Luke? I, would lo- I really want to have two good hookers there. So in Cook and, uh, and Grant, it just alleviates a bit of stress about not having to play Sonny Luke in my side at all, if required. So Damien Cook, Ian I spoke about him earlier. Christian Welch out for Torhu Harris. Christian Welch, obviously, in around the Maroons squad and just, he's been ticking along okay and done a solid enough job in the front row, but uh, not doing sort of too too much there for me. So, Torhu, spoken about him, very keen to get him in. Stefano Uticamanu out for Samuel Afainu to fund all my trades. I think Stefano is obviously a fine hold, will offer around 16 coverage, but I don't really, I'm looking all right for around 16, I think, numbers wise, so I don't really need him. and Scored a try last week, but it was still not in massive minutes or anything. So uh, while there's a bit more cash to be made there, again, I don't really need him, so fine who comes in. And then the last trade, Cody Walker for Nico Hines. Spoken about them both, and I want a piece of Cody for that Bunnies run, and we're looking to buy Nico back later on. Captains, VC on Dylan Brown. I'm really hoping that I don't really need to worry about a captain this week and, and VC, Dylan Brown will do the job because... Plays against the Cowboys side with a couple of players coming back, but also Val Holmes, Ruben Cotter out. It's at Combank Stadium. I think if D Brown goes 75-80 plus or around about that, I'll be locking in the, the loop there for Dill, Dill Brown. That means, unfortunately, because Brown and Cody Walker at five can't get both of them, but prioritise Dill Brown. And then captain, if Dylan Brown does fail, would be Damian Cook against the Raiders, which... Not a matchup I love for Cook or the Bunnies in that you know the Raiders are somewhat pretty well full strength. No Elliott Whitehead or Hudson Young, uh, but yeah, pretty strong side they're running out down. That's at Acor Stadium, but yeah, I think Cooky solid enough. But I'm hoping that it doesn't get to that point. And because I'm not super confident on Cook this week it means they'll probably be willing to take less art from Dylan Brown as a, as a VC um, to initiate that loophole, which we obviously get a, essentially a free crack at this week. Right, guys, that's it for the C-Playbook Question and Answer podcast for round 13. Have an awesome weekend and good luck to the Supercoach sides. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder
1: of Pretty Litter.